Welcome to today's episode of Build Value by Choice. I am your host, Nana Bonsu. I am the president and CEO of Infinite Horizons Incorporated. Our website is www.infhorizons.com. Our focus is on helping businesses that have plateaued to help scale their businesses to the next level. So if you'd like to get in contact with us, uh, please go on our website. There is a button to book an appointment and uh, we'll, we'll get in contact with you to follow up to see how we, we might be able to help you. Every week we bring you a topic that is top of mind for business owners. And this week is no different. This week, the topic is about intellectual property basics for business owners. And with me today is a guest who's been on this show before. He's, uh, he's an attorney that I actually, he's my attorney also. So he's, uh, I know his credentials. Uh, his name is Matt Johnston. Matt is something of a space flight nerd. He grew up about three hours from Cape Canaveral in the age of the space shuttle. On clear low humidity days, which are common in Florida, they could see the exhaust plume of a shuttle launch. The Challenger disaster occurred in his junior year of high school. He actually wanted to be an astronaut, but crappy eyesight, among others, made that dream unlikely. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the show, Matt. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. Wonderful. So uh, intellectual property is something that is uh, very important, but unfortunately, sometimes business owners, because of some of the legalese around it, and, and it's not necessarily kind of supposedly a business topic. Sometimes they just either delegate it to the legal department or they just you know find an attorney to deal with it. Uh, but you know, we thought this was an important topic for business to know. So um, having you on to discuss this is really important. So again, thanks, thank you for, for coming on to share your, your knowledge on this uh, hugely important topic. The one thing I wanted to start before and I start asking you questions, so I wanted to kind of provide some backdrop. So this topic of intellectual property is actually, and I want to obviously, you know, get, you know, we'll get your legal insight into this because I was, I was prepping for this. I saw that this, there's actually an article um, or something in the U.S. Constitution, Article 1, Section 8, where Thomas Jefferson um, uh, helped write the fact that we needed to protect intellectual properties to help promote the progress of science and the useful arts by securing for limited times to authors and inventors uh, the exclusive right to their respective uh, writings and discoveries. Could you share with us why that, that particular um, uh, statement in the U.S. Constitution was, you know, has been so important to the innovation uh, bastion for small businesses, especially in this country? Sure. I mean, when, when the founders put that into the, the Constitution, um, the United States, and, and in fact, most of the world, was going through uh, something of a, of a, well, that was during the time of the Industrial Revolution, uh, shortly after the Enlightenment. And, you know, the development of ideas and the development of inventions and useful objects, that was the whole purpose behind patents and trademarks. Um, Article 1, Section 8 is the foundation of the Patent Act. It's also the foundation of the Copyright Act. And without those, there's little incentive to innovate. There's little incentive to publish the ideas that move society forward. Um, you know, you think about everything from, you know, the computer that we're sitting in front of to, you know, the light bulbs that are in the, the lights that are shoot, doing us. All of that comes from, you know, an innovative mindset and without the protection um, there's little incentive to 
you know, go through the effort of innovating any sort of idea, any sort of product. So, you know, it's, it's very fortunate that the framers took that into consideration when developing the powers of Congress and, and ultimately um, what became the Patent Act and the Copyright Act. That's great. Could you share with us what are some of the forms of intellectual property? Sure. So um, I can, the, the, the four main types of, of intellectual property are, are patents, trademarks, copyrights, and trade secrets. But most people don't really understand how that works. So I try to frame it in the viewpoint of this. Look at it from a viewpoint of know-how, messaging, innovation, and reputation. Ultimately, the forms of intellectual property, the a patent, a trademark, a copyright, those things are government protections that are offered to the intellectual property so that you can protect it and have the exclusivity of it. But it's not, um, it, it's better to think of things from a viewpoint of know-how and innovation and reputation rather than, you know, the patent. The patent is just a piece of paper, ultimately. Um, so think of that from that viewpoint. But, you know, we can certainly talk about what a patent is, what a trademark is, copyright, trade secrets, those sorts of things. Yeah, I mean, if you if you don't mind, just kind of you know giving examples because you know they um, so like um, the the patents tend to be like a bit more advanced, like you know the scientists and whatnot tend tend to uh, people that like come come up with things like formulas and stuff like that. But sure. the some of the the regular you know folks like you know say somebody's menu or recipe or something like that, you know, what, or maybe like some kind of a logo, you know those kind of things. What where do those kind of things kind of fit so that the average business owner can kind of have an idea of which branch they should focus on. Sure. Um, so a patent is uh, the exclusive protection of a useful item, whether that is an invention. Um, so, you know, I mentioned light bulbs earlier. Light bulbs were subject to a patent for many, many, many years. Um, or it could be how particular pieces are put together. So how a machine is put together to improve its performance. A trademark is, it's the brand. It is a source identifier. Think of it as a mental shortcut between uh, a logo, a tagline, um, a business name, these sorts of things that serve as a mental shortcut to the goods and services that are being offered by that business. A copyright is the legal protection for the expression of an idea, okay? So it's not the idea itself. You can't copyright an idea, but you can copyright the expression. That's why when you walk into the bookstore, there's about 500 titles on, say, mindfulness or, you know, business topics and things like that. It's not the ideas that are protected. It is how they are expressed, a trade secret is information that gives the owner a competitive advantage by it not being public. So unlike a patent or a trademark or a copyright where things are public and they're published, a trade secret is something that you maintain. So a good example of a trade secret is a recipe because you sort of mentioned that. A recipe is generally not subject to copyright protection or trademark or patent. But 
a recipe does give a competitive advantage. So for example, the recipe for Coca-Cola is a closely guarded secret. That's why Coca-Cola tastes very differently from Pepsi um, because they're different recipes, they're different formulas. So that's a quick sort of overview. Um, various things can fall into those categories. And you know, certainly as people develop their business, some things may be subject to copyright or trademark or, or patent or may even be a trade secret. Um, but that's the general categories, yeah. Okay, great, thanks. So back in, uh, back in 1999, uh, former CEO of Xerox Corporation, Richard Thurman, um, actually said that he was convinced that uh, companies that were really great at managing intellectual property would win, and those that were not would lose in the end. Could you share with us how business owners could exploit some of these, quote-unquote, Rembrandts uh, in the attic um, or uh, secret assets or hidden assets in your business, how they can use that? Uh, these uh, intellectual property things that are kind of intangible, um, how they can use those for like profits and competitive advantage? Sure. Um, well, this is something that will kind of blow people away, but about 70 to 80% of any business, and I mean any business, is intellectual property. Earlier, I talked about know-how and messaging and innovation and reputation. Um Every business should have a series of policies and procedures, the things that they know. Um, even as you build a team, you're looking to add certain kinds of characteristics of, of knowledge and skill to your business. And that contributes to the know-how that you find in a particular business. That know-how is, it could be subject to a copyright, it could be subject to a patent, um, could be a trade secret, those kinds of things contribute to the profitability of a business. Ultimately, what a business is trying to do with the intangibles, the, the patent or the trademark or the copyright, is to develop a business reputation, a reputation of quality, of services, of the goods that you offer. So when you're looking at something like um, your branding, for example, you want to protect that. And that's where, for example, a trademark comes into play. You have a business name or a logo. You have um, a business advertising tagline. Um, you know, McDonald's famous, I'm loving it. That's, you know, a tagline, just do it from Nike. All taglines that generate a reputation for the business. And you want to protect those things. If you've developed something in terms of innovation, um, you know, some method of doing things that gives you a competitive advantage, you want to protect that either as a trade secret. This is how we do it. And because we do it this way, we're able to generate more profits or because you've actually invented something that is subject to a patent. And you know, I strongly suggest that every once in a while, business owners sit down with an intellectual property attorney and start thinking about things that can be protected, but also think about things of documenting your intellectual property so that it is something that will advance the reputation of the business. 
That's great. So what is what are some of the ways and the you know steps, you know, the first the first or second step that owners can do to start protecting their intellectual property? Well, the first is to make sure that you understand the differences between an intellectual property. Um, so the first thing is understand what can be protected and what can't be protected in terms of getting the government, you know, protection. So Patents apply to, as I said before, inventions, useful things that are new, non-obvious, and until you file the patent is not public. So if you if you put something out there, say, hey, look at this cool invention, and you haven't filed for a patent, you may not be subject, you may not be able to get a patent um, out there. So understanding what that process is like. Um, you know, when you develop ideas, so in your business, you're, you're constantly developing ideas, you're publishing material, you want to think strongly about whether or not you want to just assert a copyright or register a copyright. And there are differences. Um, and I, I strongly encourage people to, you know, research these things you know, call an attorney. It's worth often worth an hour with an intellectual property attorney just to understand what it is you have that's valuable, what it is that you can protect and what it is that you need to keep secret um, and protect to, to, to maintain your competitive, your competitive advantage. Um, are there any like tools, books and resources that owners can kind of at least use to educate themselves just to reduce the whatever intimidation factor they may have with approaching an attorney? Sure. Interestingly enough, all of, so the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office oversees patents and trademarks, um, as the name implies. Um, they actually have some really, really good series of videos um, and, and written materials that can give people a basic understanding of what is involved in those. The Copyright Office is a little less um, complete, uh, but they they can give you some ideas that these are the things that are subject to protection. These are the things that we can grant. Um, I, in particular, I like the the Patent and Trademark Office's their their video series. It's a little cheesy, not going to lie, um, but it's it's very informative and it can talk about both what can be protected as well as how their process works. Okay. Um, I mean, it's, are you like currently offering any kind of webinars or tutorials for that, you know, owners can have access to? Sure. Um, no, so a lot of what we do is um, just trademark and, and copyright. I'm not a member of the patent bar there. You have to be a, a, a member of the patent bar to practice before the patent board. Um, but, uh, you know, a colleague of a couple of colleagues of mine, um, I highly recommend. So one of the things that we have is we actually just did it, uh, a video presentation through the Maryland Small Business Development Center on intellectual property. And um, we'll be putting that slide deck up on our website here in the next, probably within the next week or so. Um, and there are some videos and some articles on my blog that talk about, particularly talk about trademark. 
uh, in how to go about applying for a trademark uh, and the services that we provide for trademark registration. Okay, and we're going to have that information in short notes so people can have access to all of that. Um, do you have um, any kind of story about, you know, maybe one good one, one bad one of, you know, a company that protected your intellectual property and one that didn't and what, what the impact you know, was? Sure. So um, one of the, one of our clients that um, was involved in, she was involved, she's a designer, interior designer. And she, she had developed a, a gorgeous design work for um, for a kitchen, and I mean it was stunning. But the the sad fact is is in 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 her particular case is to a certain extent interior design is not subject to uh, intellectual property protection, and it's sort of a gap in the the copyright law. Um, and it's a gap that the interior design community is attempting to, to manage. But interestingly enough, the images that she created, so sort of the drawings and, and the pictures that she took, those are subject to intellectual property protection. And she was able to assert against a magazine that was using a slightly modified picture of her design um, as an advertisement. And so she was able to use the intellectual property protection of a copyright um, to protect that design, to protect that, those images that were created. Um, and another client, um, although I didn't do, obviously I don't do the patent work, but another client of mine had developed a, a, a rather simple piece of technology that I thought was, was brilliant in nature, but because they had made it public, they weren't going to be eligible for a patent, um, which was a little sad because I thought it was a very useful, non-obvious piece of technology. And, you know, the sad fact is, is by making it public, they lost the ability to assert their patent rights. Okay. Yeah, definitely a cautionary tale. All right. That's yes. great. Well, thank you very much. Really appreciate you coming on and helping us, um, understand some of the basics of intellectual property and why it's so critical for the financial performance of companies. Um, how can people get in contact with you if they want to reach out to you and your team? Or what are some of the best ways for, for them to do that? Um, the easiest way is uh, you go to the website, Matt the Lawyer. There's three T's in there, M-A-T-T, thelawyer.com. Uh, I'm also on Twitter at Johnston B-L-G. Johnston B-L-G. Okay, that's great. Well, thank you very much. Uh, you know, Appreciate you. And I guess we're going we're gonna to be having you back on for a couple of other series and you know, such as this. So certainly I appreciate your time. All right, folks, that's it for this week. Uh, again, if you want to follow up on um, the show notes and some of that information we're going to be putting up, you can go to the show's website, www.infhorizons.com forward slash podcast. And if you do want to get in contact with us, so we also do uh, webinars and workshops and, and coaching on helping you scale your business, if, especially if your business is plateaued, uh, you can certainly go on the website, www.infhorizons.com. Uh, there's a button to book an appointment, or you can follow me on LinkedIn. Till next time, bye for now.